You know, there's a lot of parents out there, their jobs have been all jacked up and screwed up. Finances are tight already for some of those families, and obviously this has just made it worse for them. So uh, it's a good opportunity to sow some seed into a kid's life. Um, so if you can bring some things and put them in there, I guess I'm not sure the deadline on that. Probably coming up here short like, huh? First of August. So, yeah, if you can pay attention to doing so and getting that maybe this week so you got time to get it here next week, that would be great. Uh, another thing, Joyce Wanzer, uh, one of our elder members, she doesn't get to come very often and because, you know, her... Uh, just driving, things like that. She's not able to get here like she wants to, but she's always good and faithful about staying in tune with the church and things like that. Um, obviously, she's a widow as well, and so you don't have to read much of the Bible to, to understand the need to help out our widows and take care of them. And so she has a need for carpet in her home. Uh, everything has been arranged. We're going to get her some new carpet, get that laid, and that's going to take place on Friday of this week. So on Thursday night... Um, we're looking to get some guys together to go in there and just move the stuff so the carpet guys can come in. We're going to pull the old carpet out so they can just come in, lay the carpet, and then we'll, we've got arrangements already made to put the stuff back. We just need help getting it out of the way. So Thursday night, uh, 6.30 p.m., if I could get four or five guys, is there anybody that knows right off the top of their head that they can commit to that? Okay. Please let me know, and I'll follow up with you guys to make sure that's going to work. I, if we had four or five guys, it's, it's, it's a trailer home, so it's not like she's got a million things to move. It's going to go pretty easy and pretty quick. So I would think within an hour we'd have a ton of damage done on taking that stuff out of there and things like that. So Thursday, 630, I'll follow up with you for you guys who raised your hands. And if you, those of you that are not sure of schedule, just get in touch with me. Let me know. Sound like a plan? Abe's got one last announcement, but before he starts, I just have to say this because I've been saying it, and I want to say it again, and I'm just going to keep saying it. Right now, despite what you see, despite everything that's going on out there, right now is the greatest time ever to be alive as a Christian. I have said it. I'm just going to keep saying it. This is the stuff Paul dreamed of. It's on its way. Paul wanted to be a part of this time frame. The apostles wanted to be a part of this time frame we're headed into. The greatest time ever to be alive as a Christian. And if you're not excited and bubbling over, do a little heart check because this is the greatest time ever. I'm not just saying that to bump you up. And, well, I am too, but I believe it with all my heart that we are entering into the season that the apostles dreamed of. So... Abe's got an announcement, and he'll stand in worship. What's going on today from 4 to 7? What was that? Who's graduation? For who? Caleb. Who's Caleb? Where? Did everybody just turn around and stare? Caleb? Caleb's? <laughs> Brian, is he red? Yeah, he's a little red. He's tan, but he's red. Uh, if you want to, don't, please don't feel obligated because I hate going to these things myself. I'm only going to be there for like 10 minutes. Uh, it's Caleb's graduation party at Downtown Coffee Company. On the bulletin board uh, are all the details. Otherwise, talk to Caleb uh, after service. Uh, if you want to come, great. If you can't, you got something else going, uh, going on for real. Do not feel obligated to be there uh, at all. Caleb, what do you want them to bring, though, if they are coming? If you have a T-shirt used or new that you want to donate to Caleb because he needs clothes for college.
Stand up.
Jesus. 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 You silence me. And I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus. Yes, I will trust Jesus. You've silenced me. My life belongs to Jesus. My life belongs to Jesus. My life belongs to Jesus. And you've silenced all fear. Let's sing that again. My life belongs to Jesus. My life belongs to Jesus. Life belongs to Jesus. And you've silenced all fear. You've silenced all fear. Silenced all fear. My hope is in Jesus. My peace is found in Jesus. My future belongs to Jesus. And you've silenced all fear. I trust Jesus. Yes, I will trust Jesus. Yes, I will trust in Jesus. For you're always here. We will trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus, for you're always here. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're here today. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that
I want every one of you to um, share just a few seconds. A few seconds. Did you get that? <laughs> Where you're going and what you're going to be doing. Um, I'm going to Rapid City, uh, South Dakota School of Mines for Civil Engineering. Smart like your mother. <laughs> I'm just going to Northeast, and I'm pretty undecided as to what I want to do yet. up to Lincoln for cosmetology. I'm going to USD for grad school for occupational therapy. Gantz, once you come, because I know you're hard <laughs> for years. Let's pray for these for these young ones, can we? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. Thank you, Father, for opening doors for Caleb in the days ahead. The thoughts that you think towards him are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give him a future, a hope, and expectancy. In Jesus' name, we say be blessed. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, gifts and graces be stirred up within him in this hour. Thank you, Lord God. You have a destiny for him to fulfill. And Lord, the good work you've begun in him, you will finish that good work in Jesus' name. So order his steps in your word. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We release the anointing. We thank you, Lord God, for your plans and purposes to be fulfilled in her life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Use her, Father, in the days ahead to be a powerful witness for you. In the name of People know me that I don't like to speak in front of people, but when you were up here, I felt the anointing. I sensed it here, and the word fire came to me. Um, he just wants me to make sure that you guys, when you leave and go on your next journey, to not let that fire burn out Amen. that he placed in your heart, because he wants it to come forth from you so you can share what you got from here 
from him and spread it out to somebody else out there that's in need. So keep that fire burning. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. That's good. That's good. You may be seated this morning. I appreciate you being here. In fact, I had Pastor Brad sent out on Facebook. You know, every, every week's important. Everything your preacher says is important. But just make a mental note that when I send out something on Facebook, that today it's going to be special to be here. And I'm so glad you're here today. Because there's something that needs to be communicated to you. Amen? And what I'd like to do, first of all, we're going to, I'm not going to teach, or Kathy's not going to teach on, on finances, but let's receive our tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope this morning, raise your hand. Who's that kid with the beard? I haven't seen him in a long time. We're blessed today to have this distinguished couple up front, the Gants. Amen. Give them a hand. You remember the TV show? Some of you don't. Green Acres. They're back on the farm with Hobart <laughs> and Mama. <laughs> well. How many of you don't know who the Gants are? Raise your hand. Most of you do. Okay, we've got a couple new ones in the church. Many, many years ago, in the SCF days, um, we were hooked up with Faith Christian Fellowship, and, and Rhonda and Dr. Gant were involved in leadership there. And then they began to minister because um, his brother-in-law was the pastor up in Yankton. And that's real life. The, one of the first times I heard, I call him Doc, because he is a doctor, um, has his doctorate, but minister. And at that meeting in Yankton, South Dakota, I don't remember how many years ago, God spoke to my heart specifically some things about the vision of this ministry. So it was an important time. And from then on, we began to have him in in, in the 90s, I believe. 98, and he, as you well are aware of, he, he came for many, 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 many years, and uh, he, I'm going to have him get up here a little bit, but they have been nothing but a blessing, and not only is he apostolic, they're called to the ministry, have been in the ministry for years, and now they're with, with his folks on the farm, his folks are what, 80, Hobart's 80? 88 next month, and um, so they've moved back to help take care of them, and I'll tell you what, because we both have taken care of our folks, I have a great respect for somebody, for kids that take care of their parents. Are you listening, Micah? <laughs> so when I'm old and feeble, I'll never be feeble, but I'll be old. You will, you will take care of me and drive me to McDonald's every day so I can get my senior coffee. Then we'll go to Delight Donuts, and I'll get my donut. Then you can take, no. 
but their home being a blessing to their parents. And uh, it's just wonderful to have a friendship like that. Amen? I want to read to you quickly before what I'm going to do today, and you can, if, if you don't like what you're going to hear today, then see her. Raise your hand, Nancy. Because she sent us this first video. Both these videos are short. They're like nine, nine minutes apiece. And Kathy says, you need to listen to this. And I sat down and listened to Jeremiah Johnson. And it, it really, I don't know, did something in my spirit. I knew some of these things, but it solidified some things. But there's, there's a scripture in Ephesians and uh, chapter 4. And verse 11, and this talks about the fivefold. We've ministered on this, and I know Doc Gant has too. It says in verse 11, he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. How many of you know there are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, pastors and teachers in the body of Christ today? And we need to be listening to them. Not everybody that says they're an an apostle is an apostle. Not everybody that says they're a prophet is a prophet. Amen? But it says for the equipping of the saints. Say say the word equipping. Now, in the margin of my Bible, in the Greek, it means a making fit, a preparing. What have we been talking about the last few weeks? Preparing. Preparing, training, perfecting, making fully qualified for service In classical language, the word is used for setting a bone during surgery. The great physician is now making all the necessary adjustments so the church will not be out of joint. You go to a chiropractor, you hear that crack? Why? Because some things are out of joint. And right now, God is getting his people back together. For the equipping of the saints, for the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. Say, no longer be children. Tossed to and fro and carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Say that. May grow up in all things into him, him who is the head, Christ. Okay, now what I want you to see, I'm going to play, we're going to play this first one. This, this gentleman is a prophet. And uh, he's in his car delivering this little message. And I, I am not drawn to glitz and glamour. Never, my wife and I have never been drawn to glitz and glamour. Do you know what I mean by that? Showboats. I want the real deal. Amen? And so all I'm asking is that you keep your hearts open and you listen to what this prophetic voice is saying right now, and then we'll, we'll pick it up from there. Hey, good morning, Facebook. Hey, listen, I just woke up this morning with such a heavy burden on my heart. 
you know, since March of this year when the pandemic first hit, you know, I had a, just a, a significant encounter with the Lord where he told me that crisis was going to create the correct climate for the end time church to emerge in the earth. And so when the pan pandemic started, I felt like God said that crisis, what's actually happening in the earth right now is an indicator to the church that now is the time to arise and shine and not run and hide. I believe that the coronavirus, COVID-19, is a Philistine in America. It is shouting from abortion clinics and liquor stores, I'm essential and you're not. I just can't get over this sick feeling in my stomach that there's a Philistine in America that's taunting the church, that is beckoning church leaders into a battle that for whatever reason, we're just unwilling to fight. And so I believe God is looking for a remnant. God is looking for David-type leaders who rather than run away from the battle at hand are going to run to the battle line. And so where I'm coming from is we've never shut our church down I have been traveling all over America since the pandemic started. I have absolutely no intention of stopping travel through the rest of the year. In fact, I'll be preaching on the road, on the front lines till the end of Christmas every other weekend. Somehow, some way, it's like we're glorifying this new move for online church and online conferences. And you might ask me, well, what's wrong with online church and online conferences in the midst of a pandemic? Well, here's the, here's my issue. Online church and online conferences are built on comfort and convenience. We want to reach people in their PJs and in their couches and on their beds. And here's the truth. Comfort and convenience are enemies of the gospel. So if I'm going to now in the midst of COVID-19 use the comfort and convenience of people's own homes to reach them with the gospel, I'm actually not preaching the real gospel. And folks, the scary thing this morning is we have a virus with a 98% recovery rate. We have a virus where more reports, did you just see the report that came is coming out of Florida, the new hot spot in the nation? Where literally these, these, the media is saying in many of these hospitals, there's a 100% positivity rate. There's a 98% positive, the media. And then when they're calling the hospitals, they're actually like, oh, there's a 5% positivity rate. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not fake news. 
This is not conspiracy theories. The media is telling people there's like a 98% positivity rate. And the truth is there's like a 5%. This is not like misinformation. This, this is a hoax. This is fear mongering. I mean, this, this is pure insanity. And so what I believe is happening in America is the church and the church leaders are caving into what I believe for the most part is a total hoax. And my, my what I'm where I'm coming from is the power of the New Testament church is found in the gathering of the believers. I mean, can you imagine in the book of Acts, the apostles make an announcement? Well, actually, there's a virus going on in Jerusalem right now. So we've decided to go online for your safety and protection. No, actually, the apostles gathered believers in the face of legitimate death. They were lining the streets in Rome with crosses crucifying Christians. I mean, this, this is the real, this is real deal stuff, not, well, there's a virus somewhere out there and you got a 98% chance. So folks, I'm just, I woke up this morning with this sick feeling in my stomach. The American church is getting exposed. There is a Philistine in the land called COVID-19 that is taunting the church from abortion clinics and liquor stores. And our answers in America is just to shut the doors and pray that it, that it leaves. Folks, this stuff is not leaving. The media is full of lies. There's an antichrist agenda raging in America. We need some real apostles. Apostles, 1 Corinthians 4, the scum of the earth, the refuge, they're on the front lines, they're serving. Apostles aren't in the comfort of their own home holding online conferences, talking about stuff that's not even applicable for today. I want to empower, I want to encourage, we've got to stand up. Stop buying into the lies, the false media. I believe that the media is the most anointed false prophet in the earth today. I want to say that one more time. The media is the most anointed false prophet in the earth today. We've been looking for some person, and God is saying it's actually an entity. There's an entity called the media that's breathing out false prophecy, and the church is just cowering. We're folding, oh, brother, we'll go online, we'll hide out in our house and our PJs, and, you know, we'll just worship the Lord. Well, did you just see the latest statistics Less than a third of Christians are actually watching online. And by the way, if you're part of the Antifa or the BLM, you could just protest on the streets, by the way, without a mask, no social distancing, and the government doesn't care. But if you decide to attend a church, 
and you don't want to wear a mask or you don't want to uh, social distance. It's, I mean, it's like you go to church today. I mean, just going to church, you go to church today and your friends and family act like you're a murderer. It's like, oh, I mean, Christian, who would have ever dreamed that Christian persecution in America would look like I want to go to church? I mean, folks, you can't make this stuff up. You, I, I feel like a lot of people, you need to go overseas. I've been to 25 foreign countries myself. You need to go overseas and find out what real persecution is. But here in America, we're persecuted if we want to go to church. We're persecuted if we don't want to wear a mask. We're persecuted because we don't want to social distance, folks. We've got a powerless church. We've got church leaders that literally have no backbone. We've got apostles and prophets running their online conferences and online church services for what? So that we can cater to the desire for a generation that thrives on comfort and convenience, which are enemies of the gospel. It's time to arise and shine, not run and hide. And I want to encourage you, God is going to give the remnant her voice again. We are seeing the wheat and the tares be harvested in America. We are seeing an exposing, a separating of the true and the false. God is looking for a people in America his eyes are searching to and fro. He's looking for folks that are willing to lift up their voice to be the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Have a great week. Share this with your friends. Mike's been sharing for several weeks on preparing. And I think sometimes we think, well, how do we prepare? We don't even know what's coming. If you study and understand, because I'm around Micah, personal self-defense and security issues, one of the things that before you can prepare, you have to be aware. They train you to be aware of all your surroundings. You have to be aware of anomalies. What's out of order here? I went to Walmart the other day. I pulled up, and I'm thinking it's going to be a battle about the masks, and some woman starts screaming. I won't say what she said, and she said it over and over and over, and it just reverberated across the whole parking lot. That was an anomaly. Everybody else was like this, and this woman was mad. She wasn't mad at Walmart. She's mad at somebody in the parking lot. But it woke me up. Because I recognize there's something going on here. And I, we're seeing that. I went to the drive-in at the bank, and there was another rage incident. The woman there was mad at the teller and just shrieking and yelling. And we see, we're seeing a lot of rage. There's a lot of anomalies. 
but we, you have to be aware of what's going on. And, you know, when it just starts to happen, you know, you don't pick it up. And one of the ways to be aware, and we keep hearing about this, is you've got to be awake. And a great awakening's coming, and a great revival's coming. There isn't going to be a great revival until the church wakes up. We need to wake up. Now, when the boys were little, and they were sleeping hard, I'd go in, and I'd just, you know, it's time to get up. I was real gentle. I was nice, and it'd take them a while, and they'd rouse up. I never went in and went, wake up! <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I knew he's jumpy. That's why I wanted to get him. <laughs> I know, that was the whole idea. Anyway... I don't want God to come and do that to me. I want him to say, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And that's what he's doing. And people are getting nervous. We want, we want everything to happen now. But God's waking us up. And you've got to look at the small, you've got to look at the prophets starting to speak. We haven't heard prophets speaking like this for years. You've got to start seeing people are starting to get hungry. I'm hungry. Are you hungry? These are the small little things, and we got to start to wake up, and you start watching for the anomalies. Watch for the little things that God's doing out of the ordinary. Is he speaking to your heart? Just little things, just little things that pique your interest. That's I, I see something, and it piques my interest, or I get a word, and it piques, and I run to the word, and I look it up, and I study it, and those things are what's creating the hunger and the awakening in us. But we've got to awake first. Because the world isn't going to awake if we aren't awake. So we got, we've got to wake up. It's that time. We've got to start shaking it off. And, and, you know, you don't necessarily wake up like that. You don't want to wake up like that. It's just this. I've told you all year the scripture I've had is be still and know that I'm God. And that seems opposite of what we're saying. But if you're still and you're listening to God and, you're hearing his voice, and that's where you start. And when you, you hear his voice, it makes you a little more hungry and a little more awake and a little more hungry and then a little more awake. And then you hang out with people that are a little more hungry and a little more awake. And it's starting to build. It isn't going to just, because he's got to get us awake first. You know, and in the natural, he's a light sleeper. It's easy to wake him up, but I'm like, you know, it, when it's time to wake me up. It's like, give me a little time here. I'm a little foggy. And that's kind of where the church is. We're all, we're starting to shake off. We're starting to wake up, but we're a little foggy here yet. So we need to just continue to press in, continue to shake ourselves off, get that spiritual cup of coffee and get ourselves woke up. About eight, eight weeks ago, seven, eight weeks ago, I got up on a Monday morning in the shower, and I don't get up, you know, I don't sleep the best. I just sleep light. And I was, I was in, the, in the shower, and I just turned it on, and the word of God came to me. And I don't, I don't, I'm not a prophet. So when it happens, I know it's the Spirit of God. And you know what the word was? Eutychus. Eutychus. You never heard of Eutychus? Have you ever heard of Eutychus? Who was Eutychus? What happened to Eutychus? 
fell asleep when Paul was preaching, fell to his death. Third floor, that's a, that's a high building. Paul went down and laid, his, laid himself over him and said, don't trouble yourself. There's life in him and got up and went and continued preaching. And then at the end of the sermon, then they brought Eutychus in, awake. I'm sure he was awake. And, and I thought about that, and I thought about that, but that's, that's where the church is at. We have to wake up. We have to do whatever it takes. And I know there's some of you leave here on Sunday morning and think, why is he so loud? Why is he so in your face? I don't know. What do you think? Maybe because you need to wake up. And um, the other thing, and then I'm going to play, we're going to end on a good note. Say good note. Um, it's been a number, number, number of years ago, and I know the Gans know Dr. Barclay. And we were at Cornerstone, and Barclay called me up and spoke over me. And I have every prophetic utterance that's ever been given over me in a book, and the book's that thick. I wonder about some of them, but there are a few in there that are good. And what he said was very short, but he said, I see your church. And he said, "There's like a, a, it's like a lighthouse. You know what a lighthouse is? What's a lighthouse, folks? Helps people, helps people. Get to shore. And and then not long ago, it was this summer, Nate's not here, I don't think, today. Um, said he had a vision, and he saw like a lighthouse on the church. And then I played Wednesday night before we had prayer, a gentleman that um, was being interviewed by Sid Roth. He was a, a black pastor, very, very sharp educated, very communicated well. And he, at the end of what he was sharing with Sid Roth, it was about Trump, but he said, God is raising up lighthouses. And see, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so I know that this church is called to be a lighthouse. We're not called to be, we're not a denominational church. If you want a denominational church, there are plenty out there. And you can meet for broken fingernails. They'll have different things for different people, different ministries. We're not that way. We are going to tell you and give you the truth. And, and the heartbeat of God in this hour and every hour is souls. Bottom line. Getting people into the kingdom of God, getting them established in the word so they, they can grow spiritually. But there's, you know, we think about we're preparing for harvest, preparing for harvest, and that's what we're doing. But the harvest isn't going to happen until you and I wake up and get our poop in a group. I can't believe you said that. Get our poop in a group. You've said it before, I think. I just follow my mentors, do what they say. No. But are you getting it? 
So this, this second video is, is Pastor Hank. Now, he's a prophet. And, and many of you know we, we receive his prophetic gift. And, and uh, in fact, uh, Doc's folks went to, drove an hour to get there for, sun, for Sunday's services. And um, he's going to share some things. He's in his, the church, and he's giving a prophetic utterance about the next generation. So let's, let's listen to this one. I have not changed my mind, says the Spirit of God, concerning this nation, the United States, and what my plan is going forward. Yet there are those, though, that are filled with the fear that the enemies of darkness, the prince of the power of this age and of the air, has used the media and those who speak to bring a spirit of fear upon this generation and among those who are listening. Yet I say, whose report shall you believe? Shall you believe their report? Or shall you believe my report that I have said to you that I will raise up this nation greater? Did I not say to you, do not fear what men say and can do? For there is something that exists in the earth that is greater than the armory and the weaponry of man. It is my church, says the Spirit of God. Therefore, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it or what I have planned for this nation. I have declared to you that this decade would be defined as the decade of difference given to the children, and I've not changed my mind. Therefore, watch and listen closely. For it was in the days when fear paralyzed the nation. When Goliath stood up, taunting, mocking, just as it is today. Yet there was a young one, a young lad, David. One of the children of the house of Jesse. That rose up and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Do you think that is just a fable, a story? Or shall it happen again? For there is a rising, as it was in the days of the three Hebrew children, boys, that said, we will not bow. Do you think that that is just a story or even a fable? Or do you think it's possible that it can happen and will happen again? That there is a generation that will refuse to bow. And then when it came to the multitudes, when they were hungry, and it was getting late, and it was getting dark, do you think that it's too late? Has you seen the darkness that has approached? And seems to ever so increase. Yet what did I do? I used what a young lad possessed. And had within their hands. And I multiplied and reached the multitudes. Is that just a story or a fable? Or do you believe that this shall happen again? That I will take from the youth the children. And I will multiply. And I will take what they have and who they are and their gifting. And I will take the children of this generation.
nation. And as it was with the children of the children of Israel, they shall be given the inheritance that I have promised this nation. Therefore watch. Strange it shall seem and the media shall seek very hard to avoid showing it, but it shall happen. The young shall come out of the church house and they will gather in the public places. And those who have yet to bow their knee and confess that Jesus is Lord shall gather hands in public places and they shall make statements and it shall be statements of unity. It shall be statements of racial love and peace and unity. This will begin to happen. There shall be gatherings of the youth that shall gather the police officers, law enforcement, and it shall be the children that shall be seen gathering, praying with and for law enforcement. Do you believe this is possible, says the Lord? Watch the children of those who have been proponents and opponents contrary to my church or my agenda. The children of those who have shook their fists and have been used as pawns and puppets at the hands of the enemy. Their children I shall get a hold of and I will use it to begin to turn captivity. Not only of the ones who have desired to bring forth their agendas. Their children shall speak. Their children shall defy. Their children shall go against the very things that their parents stood for. And it shall be a righteous rebellion, says the Lord. Sing it again to our children and our faith. This is what's coming. This is what God is speaking. And this is what shall be, says the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, come on, prophesy. Father, we pray now an anointing of the Spirit of God, not only upon every person in the sound of my voice, but I pray a special anointing upon their children and the children of this day and of this hour of this generation that we will not allow the spirit of fear to steal our future and the future of our children listen to me I just heard the spirit shout to me you know what he said he said be comforted the word that I'm speaking today be comforted because it's to it's to reveal to you that we as a people and we as a nation are not going to go backwards. God is advancing, advancing His agenda. God is advancing His church and God is advancing through children. Give God a shout if you believe it. Shh.
says when you see this headline this shall be a sign and a witness of what is being said to you today I literally see this picture of this little baby and written over it miracle birth earliest on record father I thank you this shall happen and that child shall live just like this generation shall live. Come on, shout one more time. Yes. have something I have a cousin he's the closest living relative I have he was like a brother to me and I've been believing for his salvation for years and years it seems like the more I pray the harder he gets and the harder he gets the more deeply depressed he is and he's closing himself off to everybody about a year ago he has two grandkids, and they live in Wisconsin. I don't hardly even know them. The boy is named after my dad. And the Lord instructed me, start praying for them. Start praying for them because they're the ones that are going to speak into his life. Start praying for the grandkids. Start praying for the grandkids, the young ones, and because and, that's where the softness of the heart will be. And that's going to bring it about. And years and years ago, you'll probably remember this, at an FCF convention, Willie George was the keynote speaker, and he spoke on Samson and how when Samson was down, that the, the young people came and blinded, and the young people came and cut the ropes that loosed him and set him free. Do you remember that message? Uh, the, child the child led him. And so, you know, that was... 20, 25 years ago we heard that and it's just all that's the anomalies pray for the kids look for the look for the simple things that nobody else can see but what God's doing amen let's stand up this morning I told you this would be a little bit different I'm not going to pastor in the days ahead a church of wimps David's run to the battle amen and and the thing is this this is a good example harvest church is a good example because within every church there's a remnant 
you've pastored for years, and there's always a remnant. There's always a core group of people that will be there to prayer on Wednesday night. There'll always be a core group behind the preacher, even when he puts his foot in his mouth. They'll love their preachers and their leaders unconditionally. There's no perfect worship leader, no perfect preacher. There's no perfect church. But this church, I believe, has the heartbeat of God and its souls. Doing everything that we're doing now, preparing for the days ahead. Loving people unconditionally into the kingdom of God. And I've told you this, and I'll remind you, and I say it a lot. If you don't have friends that are sinners, shame on you. If you don't have friends that are characters, shame on you. Well, they cuss and they curse. Well, big deal. That's what sinners do, even believers. You got to love them into the kingdom. Build relationship. He's been the best example. of. He's back home on the farm building relationship with the neighbors to lead them to the Lord. It's all he talks about. Amen. So I believe today, hopefully you've been inspired to wake up. Get the heartbeat of God. Don't cower down to COVID-19. Father, I bless this group today. This group of believers, they've heard your word. Now watch over your word to perform it. You've not given the people of Harvest Church a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound, disciplined mind. And so, Father, we're going to purpose to keep our minds renewed in the days ahead. We're going to purpose to run to the battle in the name of Jesus. So I thank you, Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow the people of Harvest Church all the days of their life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, I'm blessed. blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed. And say, be gone. God bless you.